Hey there, we're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to freedom. Do you want to live life and speak more boldly? I know I do. There are times that I have those quiet moments where I'm not sure if God is in that moment. But here's what I've learned a long time ago. The enemy doesn't want me to share the gospel. My flesh doesn't want to share the gospel. So whenever I feel that tug, there's a good chance it's the Holy Spirit nudging me to share that. And we don't always know why, do we? Have you ever wondered if it was God and then you did it and then you saw where God was in it and you're like, wow, I didn't see that before. Well, oftentimes that's because we don't know always what the Holy Spirit, he doesn't give us all the information ahead of time. How many are grateful for that at least a little bit? Because if we knew what God had in store, we would try to do it ourselves. That's why Jesus didn't even tell his disciples everything he was doing for Pentecost. He said, go and wait and I'm going to send the comforter. Why? Because if he gave them all the details, some of them would be afraid and run. Some of them might stay just because they knew too much. Some of them would leave because they knew too much. And the truth is that that's, the, that's often the case. If we're honest with ourselves, do we want the Spirit of God enough to ask him, give me more of you? Give me more of your Holy Spirit. Are you willing to knock a little extra on that door to say, God, I want to see your presence. I want to take risks. I want to press in. If we're honest with ourselves, I think we could probably press in a little more. Would you agree? You see, I don't know about you, but I'm, a, I'm getting a little tired of it of admiring bold people by reading in their biographies and everything that they've done in their lives. See, we could sit back and we can admire people or we could sit back and just watch their victories and never create our own. Did you ever notice in history, history is full of people. History is people, not so much events. But you say, well, history has a lot of events. Yes, events that were thwarted, or catapulted or propelled by people. Think about it. History is full of people who did things, people who stepped out boldly, people who thought differently. And they thought differently because they believed in something more. The moment we put ourselves in this box of somehow, let's do everything the way we used to, we are now subject to history and we're no longer making it. Okay, that got real quiet, but I'm gonna preach to this side a little bit. <laughs> when you come to a place where you're satisfied with where you are, you now continue to read history and no longer make it. God is calling us to make and change the course of history. My flesh likes to be unchallenged let's think about it for a moment your flesh does not like to be challenged except if it's a buffet maybe you take on the challenge I don't know about you but that's just me sometimes but by and large our flesh doesn't want to be challenged case in point get up it's time for school 
Get up, it's Monday, time for work. Come on, I like Mondays. Mondays don't like me. Come on, somebody. Right? Whatever it looks like to you, tax time. You don't like it, but it's inevitable. Right? You've got a lot of different things that come across your plate. And so no matter what you do, we don't like to be challenged and we don't like to have to be accountable. But guess what? The Spirit says, if you want to walk with me, choose me first. Choose me first. The benchmark of this series, we're going to begin this series this morning called Bold. We've been preparing, and man, I've been, I've been so excited about this series because we're kicking it off here on Pentecost Sunday. And this series called Bold, we're going to be talking about uh, being bold in power, in love, and in sound mind. And that's, that, that's taken out of our benchmark verse out of 2 Timothy 1.7. Turn there really quickly. 2 Timothy 1.7. If you're taking notes, this is our benchmark verse. We'll be referring to it this entire series, this three-part series called Bold. Everybody say bold. God has called you to be bold. How has he called you to be bold? He called you to be bold because for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power love and sound mind. We're going to put a special emphasis on the first part of that. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. We're going to pause there. For the next four hours, I want to talk to you about something very important. Some of you just woke up. What did he just say? What did he just say? What did he just say? Okay, in all seriousness, 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that he he didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power. And let me stop there for a moment, because that draws a battle line right there. It draws the line, and here it is. The desires of the flesh, according to Galatians 5, verse 17, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. How many know your flesh is against your spirit? They're constantly butting heads. They're constantly fighting. And the desires of the spirit against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that what? You want to do. What what did I say earlier? Our flesh doesn't like to be what? Challenged. Our flesh doesn't like to be challenged. Why? Because it's the flesh. It does what it wants to do. What does the spirit do? Challenge us constantly. Is that true? The Spirit of God, will he'll challenge you and he'll tell you exactly, here's something you need to work on. And our flesh will go, but, 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 but I like the way it was. But I like the way it stays. I like the way it is. And, the, and God, God is saying, listen, you can like the way it is or you can make it the way it should be. I'm going to let that sit for a moment. You can, you can wish the way it was all day or you could change it so it could be the way he intended it. Someone said this recently and, I, and I've adjusted my whole frame of thought even in just preparing. When experience is your only teacher, then progress becomes your prison. Write that down. When experience is your only teacher, then progress becomes your prison. Case in point, when David was going to fight Goliath, Saul says what? 
Here's my, who knows, armor, right? Here's what I know. Here's everything that you, we think you need. And all of a sudden, David says, no, no, I, it's too heavy. It's not, doesn't fit me. It's not for me. David went out with a sling and the giant's like, I'd never seen this one before. First of all, he's a boy. You're singing a boy, you're sending a boy to me? There are champions and fighters and warriors among you. You send a boy? Think about it for a moment. It was unconventional because unconventional helps you progress. But when you put yourself in a position where you only live your life by your experiences, progress becomes your prison. You can never move forward. I believe God wants you to move forward in boldness. Come on, somebody. If you agree with me, I preach shorter. Okay? I'm telling you right now that there's a sense of boldness that has to come from the body of Christ. In battle, there are no stalemates. You have to choose one side. You have to choose the spirit or the flesh. The world does not like the spirit. The spirit does not like the world as a system. Not the people, the system. The mindset of the world. And if you're being serious, you need the spirit of God today. You need the Spirit of God to embolden you to be everything God has called you to become. If we're serious about choosing and granting the Spirit of God opportunity in your life, walk in the Spirit like Galatians 5 has spoken. Live bold, love hard, die on empty. Come on, somebody. Live bold. Love hard and die on empty. What does that mean? I mentioned it some time ago. Uh, actually, I believe it was last week I mentioned it. I'm trying to remember when it was. Last week I said when, when John Wesley died, he died with a coat and two silver spoons. Die on empty. Give it all away. Do everything you can because you can't take it with you. But guess what? If you live bold and you love hard, you'll never, ever be lacking the Spirit of God in your life. Live bold and decide that Jesus Christ is not just your Sunday Lord, He's your everyday Lord. Love hard. Listen, love don't cost you nothing. Do something with it. A compliment costs you nothing. Giving grace to somebody costs you nothing. Just love hard. Love until you reach the grave. And die on empty. In other words, I have done everything I could. Come on, somebody. I've done everything I could. I've left it all on the table. I'm going every way I can to leave myself out there. When I breathe my last breath, I want people to say, not just that he lived bold, but he loved hard. I want to live bold and love hard. The goal of the believer should always be aware as to how the Spirit is so much more aware of the will of God than we are. Truth? The Spirit of God is much more aware of the will of God than we are. Yes, than you. Yes, you. I know you know the Bible. I know you love Jesus. I know you helped out on VBS last year. I know you hold the Sunday school record of attendance in your old, in your old church. 
I know that you have all these accolades and all these letters before and after your name. I know that, but do you know this? The Spirit of God still knows more than you. No matter how you face it, be aware that your experience and your religious logic is always superseded by the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Y'all getting real quiet? Are you thinking? Maybe that's what it is. Because we want to look at our experience and the older believers, the, oh, excuse me, excuse me, the seasoned saints. Pardon my verbiage there. The seasoned saints, those that have been in the faith a long time, you've been in the Lord 10, 15, 20, 30 years, maybe more. You tend to lean on your experience and you look at your experience and you go, I know how this works. I know how this is done. Did you know that that is your Achilles right there? To say that you know how this whole thing works is to say you got God numbered, and that is a dangerous place to live at. Not only will you not grow, but you will put yourself in the position where only God can be. You know God is the only one that knows all things. If you claim to, that your experience somehow, your 30 years in Jesus, somehow equates to the Holy Spirit's act in your life, guess what? We have missed it, and I have failed you as a pastor. If anything, I can equip you with this. We don't know as much as we think we know. So let's depend more. Yes? Let's depend on the Holy Spirit more. What you currently see around you, when it does not line up with God's destiny for your life, His purpose, His promise, guess what? Do the following. Reject it, rebuke it, refuse it. Reject it. Rebuke it, refuse it. Anything that, is, that does not grow me in Christ, I must reject it. Anything that doesn't bring me closer to Jesus, I must rebuke it. And anything that doesn't allow me to live the purposes of God in my life, I must refuse it. Even if it's good. Did you hear that? Because there could be some things that are good for you, but not God for you. Some of you are in relationships that are good, but not God. Some of you are at a job that are good, but not God. Some of you are at a walk in your Christian life that is good, but not God. Some of you give to God, whether it's time or money. It's good, but it's not God. You're not seeing God in everything. You know he's involved in everything in your life because he wants to be. And the moment you say no, you know what he does? Feel free. The Holy Spirit is not going to impose himself on you. One thing I learned about the Holy Spirit, is that he is a gentleman. He will not impose himself on you. But the moment you say yes, say yes and do it. Live bold. Love hard. Die on empty. And anything that's not those things, reject it, rebuke it, refuse it. Do you see the two sides of the coin that I just offered to you? Do you see? The first one was do this. Live bold, love hard, die on empty. And the things that don't bring you to that place, you got to rebuke it, refuse it, and reject it in your life. And it takes a deliberate effort to do that because if you can live for God intentionally or you can live for the enemy accidentally. 
It's getting real quiet, but I'm going to keep preaching. Don't hold to the gifts as if the gifts are God. I welcome every gift God has for me, but the gifts are not God. The gifts are displays of his love for me. Anything he gives me, whether it's any sort of the gifts of the spirit, all those things, that's not God. That's God's love told me to show me how to better serve him and how to better be equipped for his mission in my life. I can never lose sight on who God is, though. No matter how gifted I am, no matter how bold I am, no matter how beautiful you are in Jesus, right? We want to hear those messages. You are more than a conqueror. God bless you. And those messages, they make us feel good. And that's great. I'm really glad and I hope you feel encouraged. I don't want, to walk, I don't want you to walk out of this building discouraged. In fact, the contrary, I want you to walk out saying, I can be more bold because the Spirit of God has emboldened me to be that way. We, we often don't see what God can do in this world because we often don't rely on the Holy Spirit as much. Our churches nowadays... Many of them don't rely on the Holy Spirit. Someone once said, if you took the Holy Spirit out of the New Testament church, you wouldn't see anything that looked remotely close to the same. But if you took the Holy Spirit out of churches today, you wouldn't even barely see a difference. God help us. God help us. I want the Holy Spirit and everything he has for me. I want to be able to prophesy, speak in tongues, pray over people. I want to be able to heal people and touch people. I want to be able to do anything and everything that, that, that the Bible talks about is for us. Everything that God has for us. How many just want everything God has for you? No strings attached. Yes. That's what we should want. But the problem is that we don't reject rebuke and refuse the things that distract us from getting there. We welcome them because God is love. So let's welcome everybody into our lives. Everything, every belief, everything because God is love. That's not what that means. How many know I could love you but not accept what you're telling me? I could love you and not believe a single thing you're saying. Moment people's Feathers get rough by the Holy Spirit of God. It's, am it's amazing how people have this ability to hear God to tell them to move on from, from church to church when they hear something they don't like. Then they hear God. Okay, I'm stepping on toes. I'm telling you a little bit, just a little bit. It's amazing how you heard God there. But every time God was rebuking you and telling you, you you're wrong here, you're wrong here. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's not God. God is love. No, God is loving you so much, he's telling you to get something right. Come on, somebody. Y'all still with me? Or did I lose you 30 seconds ago? No? Okay, good. You were still with me. Good, 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 good. See, boldness in the biblical sense, what does that look like? It's not a personality trait. Boldness is not a personality trait. It does not mean that you're the loudest one in the room. Oh, he must be bold. No, you're just loud. Just because you're the loudest one in the room doesn't mean you're the most bold. Sometimes people are loud because they're covering and trying to, you know, cover up for their insecurity. How many know somebody like that? They're not loud because they're bold. They're loud because they're insecure. That's not boldness. You can be soft-spoken and gentle and still be bold. I know some people that are so soft-spoken that you actually have to stop everything. You almost have to stop breathing 
to hear them talk. But when they talk, they say something heavy. And you're like, tell me more. Tell me more. Sometimes it's just being quiet and listening. Letting the Holy Spirit speak to you. How many hear what I'm saying? Bold doesn't mean loud. Bold means alert. And let me say, let me give you this definition that I've worked up here. Biblically speaking, bonus is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit on an urgent conviction in the face of threat. Something's coming against you and you respond the way you feel like God has called you to respond. That's what boldness is. And that's, I think that's a great working definition for this entire series. The power of the Holy Spirit giving us an ability to neutralize a threat. So without sufficient conviction, because there's three ingredients to Christian boldness, and I'm going to share this with you. Without sufficient conviction, which is the first one, that something ought to be said or done, what is there to be bold about? Without sufficient courage, because boldness also involves courage. You have to speak in spite of fear. Just because you're bold doesn't mean you don't have fear. Sometimes you're bold and you still have a little bit of fear that tries to come upon you, but you acted anyway. Without sufficient courage, we don't have enough fiber in our conviction to face the threats. And the third one is without a sufficient sense of urgency, we lack the fire under our feet to get moving. We have to be urgent. We have to realize how important. Did you know that every single day there are lives that hang in the balance of the decisions we make? Yes? When you stopped at a stoplight, did you know that somebody didn't stop at a stoplight somewhere and hit somebody else and ended their life? Would you say that's important to know how to stop at a stoplight? Would you say that? Most of us would say, yeah, absolutely. Duh, right? What about when God says stop? Is it just as important or more so? Well, it depends on the situation, but I would say more so. Because lives hang in the balance. Stop thinking that your life is just a number. You are everything God called you to become. And if the Spirit of God is within you, He can speak to you too. To help change someone else's life. But often we're not bold enough to accept that. We don't see the urgency that I'm trying to portray through this, a few thoughts here this morning. And here's my thought to you. Number one, Jesus bought boldness. Here's what I'm saying. We have boldness and access with confidence to our faith according to Ephesians 3.12. If you're taking down notes, Jesus bought boldness. And here's what I'm saying. I'm saying to you this. There is no power in heaven or on earth that, re that remotely touches the power of God. Jesus Christ, he, he bought boldness, but dare I say, go a step further, he brought boldness. Does that make sense? He brought boldness and he bought boldness. He bought it on the cross and he brought it to you and me. So there's like a two for one, that one's free. Romans 8 tells us this, for God, if God is for us, who could be against us, right? He who did not spare his own son, 
but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He gave his son for us, and now what? What do we do with it? What do we do with the Holy Spirit's work in our lives? If we can now with confidence draw to the throne of grace, man, now's your chance. Now's your time to live bold. Jesus didn't die on the cross so we can be quivering in the corner because some human being might have something mean to say or stop your paychecks or sever a relationship or even kill our bodies. God didn't call you to quiver in the corner because of man. He called you to be bold. Come on, somebody. I thought I'd get a few amens. God called you to be bold. Come on, don't get quiet on me. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For Jesus has ensured us that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Guess what? His love is available to you. No one can stop it. His love is bold and his love is here and his love is available in and through you. The only reason fear-based timidity replaces and remains us where we are and keeps us where we are is that we don't believe the promises. We don't believe the promises fully. We believe it up here, but we haven't, we haven't connected it yet. We haven't acted on it. Look at me. Every promise God has for you, watch this, is wrapped up in Jesus. And if you don't want him, the promises won't be coming behind. You got to want him. You got to want his face. You got to want his presence. And everything in his hands will be at, his, at your disposal. But you got to want him first. Because see, a lot of people want all the gifts so they can be certain things. And be known for certain things. In fact, there were people in the New Testament, when they saw men healing other men of diseases, when they saw Peter and Paul, different people healing, they said, how can we get this gift? In fact, witchcraft was involved in there, Right? How can we buy this gift? No, you can't buy this gift. How can we buy love? What freezing that happens in, because of fear can be neutralized by deciding to be bold today with courage, conviction, and urgency. You with me? With what? Courage, conviction, and urgency. Second thought is this, the Spirit empowers boldness. The Spirit of God wants to empower you to do great things, yes? Yes, the Spirit of God, see after taking a look at Romans 8, we look at that, we see the Holy Spirit wanting to uh, be a part of our lives, we should take an important look at Acts for a moment and we watch how the Spirit emboldened early Christians. Just uh, a, week, a week and a half ago, I got a chance to visit the Coliseum, and we got a picture here. That's an actual picture I took outside of the Coliseum, and I was blown away by what I got a chance to experience. This was the outside, and I'm on, I got another shot of the inside of the Coliseum. And if you look to the left of the picture here, the left of the picture is the recreated portion of where the gladiators fought and where Christians were persecuted. In fact, they were slaughtered and killed there even. Um, you see where the people are standing? That whole left side was recreated. That's what it would have looked like all the way across. 
And as I stood there looking at this view, and I, it was breathtaking to look and stand in the Colosseum. And as I looked, I realized how much blood was spilled in that place. I think about the bold men and women that went before me. I stood for Jesus. And they went through so much more than I ever have. And I look at this, this scenario there, and I have so much. I took so many. I took over 300 pictures during my trip. But if you look down in the middle part of the picture there, that's underneath this, the actual state. In fact, that they would bring the gladiators up to fight, and uh, a pulley of four slaves would, would, would uh, click, 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 and bring the state. So the gladiators would come out in the middle, and they would fight whether another man or animals or animals would fight other animals. Whatever that looked like, they would come out in the middle. But not only that, they was fighting underground. You know what that reminds me of? There's a show going on out here, and there's still fighting happening underground. And I'm telling you right now that no matter what the spectacle looks like out here, there's still fighting going on underground where you don't see. And right now, there's fighting going on in the underground where you don't see. The Spirit of God wants you to know, listen, I want more from you so I can give you more. The stuff that you don't see. The Spirit of God is fighting for you, warring for you. But not only that, he is, in, he is warring for you so you too can be bold. And I look and I watched where these men were kept. And I watched where these men um, fought. And I think to myself, could I, would I have made it in that day and age? Would I have the faith, the boldness to stand there and say, yes, Jesus is my Lord. Because there were many times they would tell him, you know, off, off commit your commitment to Jesus. Off commit your commitment, your commitment to your faith. Lose your faith or lose your life. Could I have stood there and done that? I'd like to believe I could. I'd like to believe I would. But there are times that we go through weak areas of our life that we need the Holy Spirit to intercede for us that we need the Holy Spirit to empower us in ways that we could not. You see, Acts chapter 4, the disciples came back, and the, and the people and the people with authority were astonished because why? Why? Because something happened on that day of Pentecost. Something happened that day in, in Acts chapter 4 where they were like, these are not the same men. Something's different about these guys. And Acts chapter 4 reads like this, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, the apostles said. The Bible goes on to say, And when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken. This is Acts 4, 29 and 31. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued, watch this, to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, note this. They continued to speak in boldness. There was a level of boldness that they had to come up with. The Spirit of God came upon them. They continued to operate in boldness. Look at me. God has called you to be bold. Don't let the enemy tell you differently. Don't let the enemy tell you differently. Come on, somebody. Something happened to me when I was, at, when I was a teenager and I went to a conference. It was actually a convention. And I went to this convention. And so if you ever gave to the youth ministry or, the, or gave scholarships, I want you to know life-changing things happen there. Amen? Young people, you know what I'm talking about? Change happens there. 
life changes. And I was one of those. When I, when I myself was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I begin to, I begin to see things differently. God began to give me a gift of being able to see what is not seen by the, by the, the, by the natural eye, the Spirit of God. And some of you know what I'm talking about. God has given you a gift of healing, a gift of prophecy, gift of word of knowledge, gift of wisdom, gift of giving. And all the gifts that the Bible talks about. And I believe all these things are available to each of us today. How many can say amen? amen? Those things are available to us today. And if you don't believe that, I'm really sorry. But I won't apologize that I believe that. And I'll never stop believing that. That the Spirit of God in these last days will pour out. Why do we think God's going to be less in the last days? That's the opposite of what the Scripture teaches us. More so, there's more of the Holy Spirit in the last days. Every day we're getting closer. And every day means the Holy Spirit wants to be poured out more and more upon our churches. Stop fighting him. Stop fighting him. Let the Holy Spirit minister to your life. I'll say this. Sometimes you need to provoke your miracle. Did you hear me? Sometimes you need to provoke your miracle. Pray. Ask God, embolden me to be used for your glory. Embolden me to be used for your honor. When boldness is needed in fearful situations, we must act in spite of sweaty palms. Right? There's no doubt that speakers in these days when their lives were on the line, there's places in this world today, right now, countries, that if you say Jesus, you can be killed. Just outright killed. You know what I'm talking about? There are martyrs out there right now. And we casually take church and faith real, real, real lackadaisical. Friend, let me tell you something. No doubt there are some things. And I, I, I recorded six, and it's, it's quick to go through it. And maybe you want to take a snapshot. I'll, put, I'll post these notes on the Facebook page or whatever. But in, uh, examples of boldness in Antioch, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, Acts 13. In Iconium, they were vigorously opposed, and they remained for a long time speaking boldly, Acts 14. Let's keep going through this. Number three. And Ephesus, Apollos spoke boldly in the synagogue. Listen, boldly is a constant term of those who walked in miracles and wanted to see the Spirit of God move. Number four, in Ephesus, Paul taught, let's go back to number four, Paul taught in the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Let's talk about it. Nowadays, if you don't agree with me, forget you. Paul said, no, let's talk about it. Hello? Let's talk about it. Don't fight about it. There's no need to fight. So what if you don't believe like me? Doesn't mean we can't be friends. Paul taught in the synagogue for three months. Listen, this is the same guy that was slaughtering Christians. Was now in the synagogue teaching. You don't think they had some hesitation with Paul coming in? Like, we're going to bring in the speaker. This morning's speaker is a fantastic speaker. In fact, he's killed most of your family. Slaughtered most of your friends. Please welcome to the stage. Hardly, right? Hardly. Paul came in and he taught in the synagogue. See, what's concealed in the old is revealed in the new. The Spirit of God is all over the Bible. 
from, from the table of contents to the maps. I'm telling you, he's all over it. You get what I'm saying? Let's go to five real quick. In Caesarea, when Paul was in prison, he spoke boldly. And I, I, I didn't get a chance to share this picture, but I got a chance. Look at me. Look at me. I got a chance to visit the prison that legend, legend has it. This is where Peter and Paul were imprisoned. I was standing in the prison cell of the people that started the church. I was floored, absolutely floored. I stood there in awe that Peter and Paul possibly were in that room. And if they were not, at least a room like this. And when they should have been crying or whatever, Paul wrote letters, which we consider to be the Holy Scriptures today. Friend, if you don't see boldness as important, if you don't see boldness as an important part of the, of the church today, then you've missed what the church is. We are supposed to be the light of God. But we can't be a light when we don't even have a candle. You are the candle. Come to him and say, Lord, light me. Light me ablaze so I can light the world around me. How many know what I'm talking about? You with me? Listen, the Spirit of God desires whatever it takes, Lord, mentality. Whatever you have for me, Lord, mentality. The flesh resists the Spirit on all turns. But if you live according to the flesh, the Bible tells us you will die. But if the Spirit of God leads you and, and, and all these things, you will live. That's what the scripture teaches us. You will never die. Your body may hit the ground and even enter the ground, but you will never die. The spirit of God is in you. I'm going to read you one more verse and I want to pray in a moment. I told you I'm doing my best to just get right to it. Here it is. Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life in peace. Here's what I want us to pray today. Whatever it takes, Lord, decrease the hold that unbelieving fear has over me and increase my boldness to declare the gospel to everyone in my path. How many are with me? How many can pray that prayer? We got to pray that prayer. Bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. Church all across this room, would you bow your heads with me right now? We want to be bold. We want to be empowered. We want to be enlisted in the army of God. All across this room, just take a moment and begin to take a good inventory of yourself right here, right now. If there's anyone in this room right now that desires more boldness, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say this with me right now. Say, Jesus... Give me boldness. Cast away fear. And let me walk with you. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray for every person at the sound of my voice today. That you would give them the ability. 
to see and understand everything you have for them. Lord, may they desire the Spirit of God and all that he has for them today. Lord, I pray that you would gift them, use them, empower them to love without fear, to live bold, love hard, and die on empty. Lord, above all their fears, may they pursue you and love you for all that you are and receive all that you have for them. God, I thank you that you're not offended when we come to you with big, big requests or bold prayers. But Lord, to die to our flesh is the key to living in the Spirit. God, help us today in Jesus' name.